Everybody, drop your buffs. Drop your buffs. Everybody, drop your buffs. Drop your buffs. Everybody, drop your buffs. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Drop Your Buffs Podcast, where we recap the strategy, social game, and stupidity of each Survivor episode. Dion, was that your, like, Sandra impression? You know what? I don't know what it was, but that's better <laughs> than any other Sandra impression that I've ever done. <laughs> like, <laughs> accidental. I love yeah. it. Okay. Um, how are you doing today, Dion? Good. I am filming from cloudy Melbourne, Australia. What? I got on a plane the other day, and... I, uh, yes, I got on a plane to get to Australia. How interesting is that? No, I got into about a 15 and a half hour flight, Dang. got to Melbourne, um, and surprisingly, not feeling very jet lagged, up mm-hmm. nice and early to record this with you. And I thought, fitting for the occasion, I'm wearing my Australian Survivor. Oh my Whoa. gosh, are you kidding me? I love it. Yeah, so very excited to be recording with you from the other side of the world. Um, are you like also in tomorrow? Like what day is it where you are? It is currently Friday morning. So, and I think it's like Thursday. Thursday night. Yeah. Where I am. So, How I is tomorrow? What is it like? <laughs> um, you know what? It could be sunnier. I actually feel like the weather's better in America at the moment, which is funny because we're going into it, uh, summer in Australia. No. Winter. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so backwards, but um, no, it's cool. It's nice to be home. I got lots of puppy cuddles from Aww. my mom's dogs and things like that. So I'm hoping they're not going to bark throughout this. So let's keep our fingers crossed. We'll see. <laughs> uh, before we like jump into the episode, this mm-hmm. big... Meaty Oof. episode. Very, yeah, two two really big episodes. Um, I wanted to take like a really random moment and be super meta, if I'm using the phrase yeah. correctly, and just talk about the podcast for a second. Let's do it. Um, I just wanted to like say thank you to everyone who's been like following along so far. I just like, when we got started, it was just me and Dion wanting to have fun recording yeah. us talking about Survivor. And I just expected for like maybe like our close friends to listen to it, maybe yeah. our moms, maybe brothers mm-hmm. and sisters. <laughs> and it's just been kind of overwhelming with how many people have like been invested in it with us and also like have really enjoyed it. <laughs> Yeah, it's incredible the people that have also reached out to just kind of say thanks for making the podcast. I love listening to you guys either on the way to work, on the way mm-hmm. home. And it's as that actually means so much to us. So um yeah, thank you for like following along but also expressing that you enjoy it. You know, and it's like, one thing to listen, it's another thing to kind of like reach out. Yeah, and then on top of that, when strangers reach out and say they're loving the podcast, I'm like, wait, what? <laughs> Yeah, other people listening and like and also when me and Dion went into this like we are both perfectionists and we went into this podcast just literally saying to each other we're gonna have fun we're not gonna try to make this the perfect podcast and all that we definitely had a lot of discussions about how we want to set up our podcast how we want each episode Uh to flow and I think we the the investment that we put into thinking about that stuff was what we needed to remove all of that stuff mm-hmm. to just go this what's going to set us apart is that we're talking about our thoughts and feelings about yes. the show based on the information that we're given 
from the show. And like our perspectives and our, what we love about Survivor and just like, we're like, okay, we're just going to have fun doing this. And if people are going to enjoy listening, then, you know, more power to them. (laughs) And like, um, and Dion and I were talking before we started recording, just like, there's a lot this episode and we still want to have fun talking about mm-hmm. the episode. We still yeah. want to make fun of the players for the little things. And we still want right. to talk about the stupid moments and the <laughs> funny stuff that happens. And we are going to still talk about the episode chronologically. And when we get to the big moment, we're going to dig deep like Jeff Brooks tells us to. And we're going to mm-hmm. talk about our thoughts and feelings about this, the big stuff of this episode. Absolutely. And I think it's, I think it's worth noting that we're going to address this as well as survivor the game and as real life. Oh, and we yeah. will definitely talk about those moments and make sure uh, that we're trying to address these things as accordingly and try not to blur the lines too much. Um, as I personally think that that's where a lot of the, um, a lot of the, I don't want to say confusion. There's not really confusion in how this episode has come across, but a lot of the different takes of this episode seem to be where the lines blur between game and real life. Wow. You are taking the words out of my mouth. So (laughs) to like wrap a bow on that, we'll say thank you for listening. Thank you for like understanding that we're people trying to understand and, you know, try to express how we're feeling about this episode and we're Mm -hmm. just going to keep on trucking and know that you're going to give us grace as we talk about this yes grace under pressure so (laughs) jumping right in dion can you believe that there's still fever dreams going we're still getting those flash forwards of moments to come are you still loving it what are you thinking about the fever dream okay admittedly i had arrived in the country approximately an hour and a half before the episode was to air. Yeah. I do. You, 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 you messaged, you messaged us and you were like, okay, guys who are still, the, uh, you know, us in like on the East coast in America, you're like, how many hours till survivors on? You're like, yeah. is it like an hour left? We're like, you've got an hour to make it to a TV and watch with us. Yeah, exactly. I was like, T minus how many hours? because I needed to make sure that I was going to catch the episode. Unfortunately, I was still in the car, I was trying to watch it on my phone, um, and I missed the fever dream. It wasn't until I watched the first episode again today that I was able to go back mm-hmm. and watch the fever dreams. So I'd love to hear your input about what you thought about the fever dreams prior to watching the episode. Yeah, I mean, like, it just, like, gives me a little taste of drama to come, but I don't, there was nothing substantial about it. I think we've had some fever dreams yeah. where I'm like, I'm like, ooh, but this one. So what we did see, we saw Lauren's face and the words, can I trust her being uttered? The second one was Nora saying, I'm I'm like really disgusted. And the third one was when Tommy was saying to Lauren on the beach, uh, she scares the hell out of me. Yeah. I think like, I just remember feeling like, oh, Missy's in trouble, Mm -hmm. you know? And then like, didn't even think about it anymore. And did any of those pay off? No. I mean, I feel like um, the the disgusted fever dream that we saw from Nora was kind of trying to um, give the audience an idea of the direction of this episode. Like, yeah, we like kind of like 
Um, people are still think, but also at the same time thinking, oh, people are still playing a game. Um, and I would actually love to address this right now, which is yeah. there is that whole thing that we have to remember as fans of the show, as people watching the show, that the people on this island, the people in question about everything that's been going on this episode are currently in the midst of playing a game for a million dollars. And we've seen season after season, almost every contestant will go into a season saying, I will do whatever it takes to win a million dollars. We've seen people burn each other's items. We've seen people lie about their dead grandmas. We've seen <laughs> people do a lot of questionable things in order to win a million dollars. And it will come to a point that uh, the audience will either agree or disagree with that person's take on it. But this is a, a heightened reality. A lot of people say reality TV is real. And I often refer to it as being a uh, heightened reality when is it going to be a real situation that you get marooned with people that you don't know and are and have to vote each other out on a three-day basis? Like, that's not real life. But these are real people in a heightened environment. So I just want to address that these people are still playing a game. So what we see of them on the show doesn't necessarily reflect their perspective on this in real life. So in saying that, we have all of these game players playing with, um, you know, playing with each other. Great, well-worded. <laughs> you know. um, but with their, own, with their own agenda. All of these people have an agenda. All of these people are lying, manipulating, doing what it takes to get further in this game. So when you see people saying, I'm disgusted, when you people saying, I don't trust her, like it just shows that these people are so in it that it can make everything around them so blurry. So just to kind of like set up the circumstances that there is a lot going on that we're not seeing as an audience, their environments are extremely heightened, especially this season, in my opinion. Ooh, that's a lot from a fever dream. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's, it's kind of like, oh, okay, um, well, let's get into it. And uh, the episode opens up. We come back to camp life after Tribal Council for Lyro and we have what is one of the most disappointing things that we can see from a game player to another game player, which is to call someone out when they've actively helped you. Oh, that was so awkward. Nora, her stand is that she's playing the honest game and apparently she's not going to lie because she just eventually just came out and said it. And um, and that's when Jamal says that uh, Nora or like Kelly is trying to play the underground game. And he says, never tried to play an underground game with Nora. And that is so true. We saw Nora throw Kelly just right on under the bus. And Kelly's mm -hmm. like, please, please stop saying my name. Please stop saying my name. And I yeah. feel like Kelly regretted it immediately that she even brought Nora into the mix. Well, I mean, jump to the end of the episode where Jamal goes up to Nora and says, hey, do you want to make a move with me? I was like, wait. <laughs> Didn't we see him just talk about how it's not a good idea to make a move with Nora? <laughs> exactly. He had nowhere to turn. You know what? When it comes to Nora, you just have nowhere else to turn except Nora. You have to go to Nora world. Here's the thing. In order for that play to be played last episode, Nora was essential in the play. Unfortunately, the aftermath of the Nora 
move is that Nora is Nora. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. But also Dean is Dean and Dean isn't going to help that. And I think Dean also had a responsibility in saying, well, you know, he could have saved Lauren, uh, Lauren, he could have saved uh, Kelly's ass if he really wanted to in that moment. He could have said, well, you know, I was approached by Nora. Like, you know, everybody's lying already. And, you know, Nora's talking about playing an honest game, but then if you're playing an honest game, don't vote out your friend's ally. It, it was just a, such a kind of like questionable, um, it was a questionable tribal, it was a questionable uh, after tribal experience and it really kind of set up the episode for being like there is mistrust within everyone. Ooh. And I mean, you know, the first thing we see is in the morning they go idol hunting. Yes, and uh, I was rooting so hard for Kelly to find one. I was like, "Come on, girl, do it!" Yeah, I, I don't know why I just rooted for her to find it because you know I love them all. But like, I was like, "All right, she can, she can keep this train moving." So we see Kelly find an idol the morning of the merge, mind you. They go merge later that day, so she finds mm-hmm. the idol again, and yeah. I just thought that was awesome timing because the next yep. thing we see are tribes arriving on boats to the mercy yep. and uh-huh. um it was i was just like wow she got it in the nick of time she did and i think we're all very aware that she needed it in that oh, moment yes she did <laughs> because the thing is she kelly i, I want to talk about kelly as a game player because kelly has been such a force to be reckoned with in this game so she's far, yeah. somebody who you know, at the start, we saw her kind of like finding herself in alliances and then having these one-on-one relationships and being able to conduct herself with certain people quite well and, you know, heightening the moments that need to be heightened and, and being delicate with the moments that need to be delicate. And she's just a very, like, very interesting person. The fact that she was able to bond with Dean so much, even though she was on a tribe with a majority of her former contestants, like, she was very much in a really good position because she got herself there, but did she make a move too early, which then, you know, ostracized the people that she said were her closest allies in the form of Jamal and Janet, which is a really mm. interesting takeaway because I don't think we ever had a moment from Kelly saying, I'm working with these people, they're my closest allies. You know, she didn't really have that in the lead up to this. I feel like Kelly was her own player. I don't think of her as a player. Yeah, I don't think we ever got, like, we've seen her work with a lot of people, but we never got the story of who she's the closest with besides saying she really wants to work with Dean. And Mm -hmm. we saw how that worked out. (laughs) Right. And it's funny because we saw Kelly's name come up from a lot of people this episode. Mm -hmm. It wasn't just one person getting their agenda, you know. Um, we had Lauren and Tommy bring up the, her name. We had Misty bring up her name. It was one of those things that was like, I think Missy and Kelly acknowledged each other as the biggest threat. <laughs> their games are so similar. Yes. Yet that they were the that player of their tribes on either tribe that they were on. Mm-hmm. And so like, What we see right at the merge is that we see people jump right away into planning out what the big new alliance is going to be, where the number is going to be. And um, we see Vokai 2.0. So that's the new swap tribe of Vokai. 
say that they want they want to stay together plus bring on Kelly and Janet. And what right. do we see Kelly say? Kelly says, nope, not for me. Yeah. I don't want those four old Lyro to be benefiting from my alliance. And now looking back on it, it's like, Kelly, you broke the number one survivor rule. You have to say yes. But see, no. Janet, Janet supported her. Janet stood next mm-hmm. to her and supported mm-hmm. her. And in that, that triangle of three people, there was the two of them being approached by one person. And I think Tommy was hurt and saying, you know, everything I threw out, they said no, no, no to. And I can see the frustration there. But I'm sure that they would have had the side of it saying, Tommy and Lauren, if you come work with us, we've got two people that can't get the numbers. We still have the majority with the original Vokai. So I think that's where it's funny because we know the numbers. We know the numbers game. He was trying to make a nine. They were trying to make a seven. And you know what we saw with the, um, what we saw happening is that they, Nora, I mean, Kelly and Janet say no. And who ends up on the outs of that boat? Kelly and Janet and Jamal. And so like, that's what happened. (laughs) Yeah. And it's funny because also, we had Nora on the outs. We had Karishma on the outs. The only person who wasn't on the outs was Dean. So Ooh, voting out yeah. for his own friend who just saved him. Uh oh. And here's the thing: look. like we were concerned about last episode, and I brought up, I was like, "Will Dean go back to his old tribe?" And he did vote with Elizabeth and Missy and Elaine, and you know those people that, in one way, did betray him by voting at his closest person but they also protected him from being the vote. Right. So even though we didn't see that edit, um, and the reality is we didn't see an edit of them approaching him. We saw, an, uh, we saw Tommy and Lauren approach Dean, who they've known for two days, and they were able to convince him to turn on Kelly. Like, what kind of game <laughs> is Dean playing? So I guess uh, Dean might be our new resident Sandra. Anyone but me. Yeah. Let me keep going. I'm fine. Just let me stay here. Right. I would like to think that Sandra's a little more perceptive because time and time again <laughs> we see Wait, are Dean you being like Dean Kowalski is not perceptive. I would not be employing him <laughs> uh, because you just see like the move. Literally, the move that was the episode before this was him not seeing that he was about to go home, <laughs> and it was Kelly saving him. And now he's voting her out. The one source of protection that he has. Oh, my gosh. Oh, Dean. So uh, I don't necessarily think that was in Dean's best interest to go ahead and get her voted out. I just don't. I just think he's playing a numbers game um, where he. Well, yeah, he obviously ability. doesn't have. Yeah, he, he does not have any sway or power in the vote right now. He's just trying to survive. Right. And I think that that was a missed opportunity to actually really See, work closely with someone in the form I of know. Kelly. He's got to figure out what numbers he can work with. Okay. And so speaking of someone like not being perceptive of what's going on, um, Lauren tells Missy that the plan is to vote her out. Before we see Lauren, before we see Lauren talk to Missy, it's important that we mention that Missy and Kelly went on a walk together. And this is kind of where this episode begins. Because we saw Kelly and Missy 
meeting for the first time, never been on a tribe together. And the reason they bond is over their uncomfortableness of sharing camp with Dan. Mm-hmm. And we I see that right off the bat. So yeah, so, to, so what has happened, they've just had a conversation about how uncomfortable Dan makes the two of them in camp life. And Missy says, it's a game, so I'm assuming nobody will want to say something because you can't make a scene right. And I think this is the, dis- the distinguish- uh, distinguishment between game and real life. Mm-hmm. This is where we're able to go, all right, I'm dealing with a real life thing, but we're playing a game, so I don't want to bring this to light. Which I think is worth noting because it's Mm -hmm. like both of these girls in confessionals and in everything refer to how this is a, it's, it's about protecting them in the game. It's not about protecting them in real life. In real life, it's situations are handled differently. Um, And it's not to say that they couldn't be handled in a real life situation because real life is real life, whether it's a game or not, it's it's whatever, but they made (laughs) the decision not to address these things based off of the idea that this is a game. Yes. In that moment, this is what they discuss to each other without any confessional. Missy and Elizabeth. Missy and Elizabeth. Missy and Kelly. Missy and Kelly on their walk talk about that. Correct. All right. We've got that out there. Then we see Kelly having a conversation with the producers. And she says, it's super upsetting because it's like you can't do anything about it. There are always consequences to standing up. This happens in real life in work settings, in school life, because you, uh, you can't say anything because it's going to affect your upward trajectory. It's mm-hmm. going to affect the peop- how people look at you. Mm-hmm. So this is before we get the rest of that confessional with tears and, and production chiming in. But she does say in her sense that there is, you know, we can say that there's the game and then there's real life. And she's worried about how it gets portrayed now in life. All right. So we've had the conversation between the two of them where they're talking about game. And then we have a confessional on her own about how it affects you in real life. So I can see how that can be one of those blurry line situations. It's not to say that any side of it is any better than the other but it's worth addressing that the two of them talk about how uncomfortable it makes them feel, but because it's a game, you can't say anything. Well, I mean, Kelly, Kelly is saying that, yeah, my real life is just like this game. I don't feel comfortable speaking up right now and like ruining something that I have going for me. Just like in real life, I don't feel comfortable if if I have to speak out about something because it might ruin future (sighs) chances. She's like making that correlation. And it's, like, so, wow. it's so important as well. Like, I don't want us to sit here and discredit any of this conversation. It's so important. The fact that somebody can speak so openly about this on national television is so important. Mm-hmm. It's, it's one of those things that needs to be heard. I think there has been discussion from audience members that they're unhappy with the edit. They're unhappy with what was being shared. They're unhappy with how it was being conducted. But the reality that I see as an audience member, as a person watching the show who Mm -hmm. has dealt with their own prejudices, their own differences, their own kind of stuff. When I see stuff that I can relate to on TV that stems from a negative place for me, I feel almost empowered to know that it's not just me. I'm not the only person experiencing these things. I'm not the Mm -hmm. only person sitting there racking my brains, making myself sick 
with these thoughts of feeling unsupported. And I think it's really important to address that. This, this episode for me showed support in sharing this information. I don't think it was supporting anybody in their one idea. I think mm-hmm. it was giving so much information in, you know, a one or two hour slot. And I, I just don't want to take away from the importance of what was being addressed because of how it ended up being addressed. It's like, yeah, let's, yeah. let's be angry about the fact that it's happening. Let's not be angry at the show. Right. Do you know what I mean? It's just right. kind of like, these are real life things. And so many times in shows, in these things, people will edit things in order to please an audience to make them less uncomfortable. When I hear people talk about how uncomfortable they are from watching like an episode of Survivor because it just wasn't nice and it wasn't fun and this, my response to that is suck it up. Because (laughs) some of these people are uncomfortable on a daily basis Mm -hmm. because they have to deal with these things in real life. If you're uncomfortable Mm -hmm. for 15 minutes, consider yourself lucky. Mm Mm-hmm. I like I I'm sorry there's no there's no wiggle room on me for making I'm sorry that my troubles are making you uncomfortable. Right. I, this I, is, I have no This is real life and like I am learning a lot from this whole thing. And I have not been online to see people's responses. I have only been hearing responses from friends I've been mm-hmm. texting and talking to about this past episode. Like that's my only um dialogue I've been having so far so mm-hmm. man I mean I just I don't think I don't think that being angry about this episode is the way to go I think we I think that the step is what can I learn from what's going on absolutely and something that I've heard from like this season up like you and I have expressed how much we love this season because of the real life moments yes now, there, we have. <laughs> are, there is well there is another side to this audience who doesn't like real life influencing the game and to Mm -hmm. that I say do you understand what survivor is because for me (laughs) survivor there is a template there is a template of a structure of a game where you have people out on an Mm -hmm. island they vote each other off and then they have to convince a jury of their peers who they voted out to cast a million dollar vote for them to win sure now the reason that each season is so different is because of how Every individual player in each individual cast can influence the game based on who they are as people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You know, this is not chess. It's not a plastic piece that's getting moved. It's a real-life person who has feelings, who has thoughts, yeah. who has yeah. desires, who's got their own agendas. That's what makes this game so tantalizing. That's what makes it so juicy and so... <laughs> For me, that's what makes Survivor worth watching. The fact that these are real people. Yeah. It's the seasons that people have no voice, no care factor, no interest that we sit here and go, it's like every other season. This I is love how so juicy. <laughs> I love how people like didn't even know they were gonna get like a Survivor 101 theory right now in the midst of a podcast episode. Because yeah. like what what you're saying is like, yes, that's what we're here for survivor and like i guess i'll just jump into kind of 
my big idea from it as we continue to talk about this whole two hour episode is that it is a game with mm -hmm. real life people, like you said, and as we keep on saying, it is a game and where do the lines blur? When is when are you crossing the line and when are you not? Um, one of my thoughts was, um, it's okay that certain girls felt uncomfortable and it's okay that certain girls are like, oh, I'm fine. It's okay mm -hmm. for both and. <laughs> right, yeah. And I, I also wanna like mention that the the episode then stems from uh, Kelly and Missy's conversation. Lauren pulls Missy aside and says, Kelly's trying to reel you in and make you feel comfortable. So already Missy is starting to get this impression of Kelly that the information that they're bonding over is possibly heightened, a little falsified, a little, let's make it out like I'm feeling more uncomfortable than I am in order to reel you in. Again, very, very blurry because it's like these are real life situations. We've seen Kelly in a personal one-on-one -on -one confessional speak openly about how much this affects her. Mm -hmm. But then in the game stance, we've seen people season after season talk about how another player will make them feel this way or that way. Mm -hmm. That's how you bond with people, talking about how you feel, how you are made to feel by another player. Unfortunately, the context in this situation is very serious. And in my opinion, it crosses a line when you use something that is so uh, sensitive, so sensitive as like sexual assault and, and kind of that kind of heightened real life situation to influence your place in a game. And even to have the girls later on say to Dan, of course, that's what I told her, but we're fine. Oh, that's horrible. That's mm -hmm. horrible to say to this man, I'm telling another person that I feel made to be uncomfortable by you in order to help our games. That was my takeaway. And to watch him have to go from person to person and okay, I just want I want to preface this by saying that I'm not defending any one cast member for their thoughts, feelings, actions, anything like that. I'm going off of the information that we're provided. I see it from multiple stances. And if any of those stances don't vibe with you or the listeners, I'm 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 sorry that it's not gelling in the way that you would like it to. But I do try to see every angle on a situation before making one judgment that could really hurt another person when it's made off of either an assumption or a judgment made by another individual. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. It can get very muddy. It can get very ugly. Okay, so here is where I'm at with Survivor in the game. It all comes down to me with the line with crossing the line, where the line is between the game mm -hmm. and when you have crossed the line of the game. And mm -hmm. I am one who actually, like, honestly, I'm one of those people where the line is, like, pretty far away. Like, when, mm -hmm. when I think of survivor and strategy, I'm like, you know what? Lie, cheat, and steal. Do whatever you yeah. need to do to win this game. But there is a line. So for me, thinking about this episode, it was like, 
okay, where was the line and when was it crossed? Okay, mm -hmm. so yeah. here we go, jumping into it. Here is one of my big thoughts, and I've shared this with a few people already, and I've gotten some affirmation about like, okay, this is a good thought. So <laughs> let's see what you think, Dion. Okay. Let's do it. So Missy and Elizabeth decide that they are going to add to the narrative that they are uncomfortable with Dan. They mm -hmm. don't really believe that, at least um, Elizabeth doesn't super like feel that way, but mm -hmm. she is cautiously deciding that she is going to say that and lie about that in order to get votes on, on her side. Mm -hmm. And I think maybe the goal originally was to get votes onto Dan. Originally, they just, Lyra was trying to survive. She decides mm -hmm. that she is going to add to that narrative. I do not think that's crossing the line about her saying she's lying about being uncomfortable. When it does cross the line is clearly is when you are um, saying that you are coming against someone's character mm -hmm. and you are causing someone else like Janet to feel like she needs to protect you in a sense that is way more than what um, it would call for. So right. just re just reiterate, Elizabeth saying that she doesn't like, uh, she's uncomfortable with someone lying about that. Sure, that's fine. But it went too far in the fact of saying Dan is, um, but she's just, it went too far when she added, um, to the like by getting Janet to come in to like feel like she has to protect you know what I mean sure I, I will I will say that I do think that making a lie about something that is as sensitive of a topic as like unwelcomed touch and things like that mm -hmm. I, I do have kind of my my reservations on that because like you said, the whole character thing, like, I yeah. feel like that comes into that. Um, I, I don't think, I don't think it's a bad thing to say a lie about something in order to like, to, how do I put this? Because well, you I would say like, trying to, you're trying to discredit a player, but not a person. Does yeah. I would sense? say like, like if Elizabeth's like, oh yeah, like I totally want to get Dan out. Like, I don't want to... I don't want to work with him. Um, I don't trust him. Like trust is different to being made to mm -hmm. feel like he is a predator, you know, mm -hmm. like. Exactly. So like, there. so once again, the line is so shady at this point of mm -hmm. like when it's okay to, but you're, you're right. Like it was, it was crossing the line to say, oh my gosh, Dan is making me totally uncomfortable because you're just, you're throwing him, you know, too far under the bus. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and so even, so th the thing is, do we know that Missy and Elizabeth are aware of how serious of a situation this is for some of the other contestants? Because right, that is worth aren't. noting. Yeah. That's the thing. Had they have known, do you think that they would have used this as much as they have been using this as a strategy. I bet you right now on this side of the show, they are 
really getting a lesson right now and learning a lot. Because <laughs> here's my thing. We have had this season where the men, a majority of our life lessons are being come from the way that men are uh, treating women and perceiving women. And there's been a lot of lessons for the men in this game. For us to see women almost capitalizing on that, like that sounds like a really bold, big statement to make mm -hmm. because it can be um, very, a very delicate line. But I, I don't approve in somebody else being discredited and being made to learn a lesson and then you trying to gain something from that. You know, know, it was just kind of like, I, I did use the term like the boy who cried wolf. It's like, don't make these false claims and then expect people to believe you or listen to you later, which is the problem. <laughs> that This is the whole problem. Mm -hmm. The problem is these people are kind of like, like making it less of a thing so that when it becomes a thing, it's not treated seriously. So when these girls are like, we're going to use this to kind of just like get people to kind of like side with us and all that kind of stuff. I say it's no, I'm, I'm for me, it's, it's a mm -hmm. no move. Because, and yeah. It's, it's I sort will of, yeah. jump in right here to just be honest with everyone that like, while I was watching the episode, I just saw myself in Elizabeth. I could totally see myself playing like Elizabeth played by just being like, uh-huh, okay. And just like, and I just like saw myself doing what Elizabeth did. So it's just like, man, I just learned a lot from that. And just like, I feel like I would play exactly how she was playing and that and, just sucks. And, <laughs> and it's, well, no, I, I completely hear where you're coming from. Like because it's like a self-preservation. It's just like, you see her playing the game, trying to save herself, protect herself and do whatever to keep, keep this game going. And, unaware that this crossed the line and this is this is that haze that i was referring to where mm -hmm. you're in the game and everything around you is very hazy mm -hmm. like you almost like my idea with that is a lot of times when you see the players with these big eyes it's because they're trying to see through this haze and they can't because elizabeth always has these big eyes she's having these confessionals she's talking about these things of like i'm gonna do what it takes i'm gonna lie i'm gonna chill still cheap <laughs> or chill but i'm gonna chill but it was it was one of those things that it's like oh we have to remember that outside of these 39 days people have to go back to their families i have to go back to my family you know it's one thing to be called a certain type of person it's another thing to be calling somebody a certain type of person and then there's another thing to be calling someone a type of person when you don't even believe that in order to benefit yourself Whew. Survivor. You know? So there are definitely multiple layers to this episode. There is definitely multiple things. But so we, okay, so we've had the opening. We've had the merge. We've had the conversation. Lauren pulls Missy aside and says, you're the vote. Kelly's trying to lull you into this false sense of security. Missy then goes, I don't trust Kelly. Um, then we see the immunity challenge. So we come to the immunity challenge. Missy is under the impression, given the advice from Lauren, you need to win immunity. Mm -hmm. So Missy's fighting for this. We get to a final four. We've got Missy, Elizabeth, Aaron, and Jamal. 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 Yeah. 
really shocked me that he was still in it. Like that was amazing. Well, obviously he felt in the outs and he felt like he really needed to take care of himself. And that's the case because, you know, that numbers, the numbers that Tommy and Lauren were running didn't involve Jamal, you know, but then we also saw two really strong physical threats in that of Missy and Elizabeth. Aaron was sticking it out. It's like, oh, these original Lyra members actually are physically stronger, even though they couldn't pull out the challenges as a tribe. So it's a really interesting <laughs> to kind of take that away because I actually think the Lyra people are physically stronger than the original Bokai. Well, it all came down to those puzzles and Dean and Karishma cannot do puzzles. <laughs> That's exactly right. So we're, we're kind of finding that flip in the challenge threats of the game. But I think it was a right, the right move. You and I discussed this last episode. Missy's the right move to take out at this point of the game. I know. And it's clear that... People like Missy and Elizabeth are willing to do whatever it takes to get to this end of this game. And it can be seen as strong gameplay or it can be seen as ugly because it, you know, really affects other people. But it, it like from a survivor standpoint, like removing, I don't, not to ever remove all of the seriousness from this episode, but if you were to <laughs> remove that context, if you were to be Rob and Sandra in the treehouse at Tribal Council, not having any information on what's going on at camp, when you see a vote to take out Kelly and Rob says that was a smart move, it makes you start to think as an audience, okay, we're invested on a human level, mm-hmm. but that gameplay was the right move. Mm-hmm. So where Speaking do I stand? Of, yeah, yeah. So like... So, you know, going back to like, so Kelly, like you're saying, it was a smart move to get rid of Kelly. Kelly had two idols in her pocket at that yep. vote out. And mm-hmm. she had, did she have any idea votes were coming for her? Because like, she, I feel like if you, if you know votes are coming for you, you play the idol. But did she have any idea votes were coming for her? I feel like she was well, super surprised. She turned to Lauren while they were going up to vote yeah. and she said, are we good? And Lauren just nodded and then looked away. For me, oh. that wouldn't have been enough of a trusting moment. I mean, mm-hmm. had that been the truth, I'm sure that would have been appreciated from Lauren, but it wasn't the truth. You've got two idols. You might as well play one now. Um, and then. Oh my gosh. I know. I, I literally could not believe it. Me and my friend Caitlin were watching at her house and we were pacing around the living room like is this happening is she is she is she not playing her idol and we could i yelled at the screen oh my gosh we have our james 2.0 uh we thought we'd never see it again and here we are here we are she found two idols in the span of like two days yeah and then went home but okay here's here's an important takeaway she left the game, smile on her face, appreciative of how the blind side went. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's important to note her feelings around it. I think she appreciated the game for what it was. Mm-hmm. I think she's a huge fan. I think if she was asked to play again, that she would. I don't think that she has a stance on how, I mean, I, I can't speak on behalf of her. But having seen the episode, having seen the producers talk to her, having her say, I think it will be fine because Janet's here, 
is that enough of a defense that there's another contestant there that she feels like okay with? Not necessarily, but that's when the meetings happened. That's when they had the individual meetings. That's when mm-hmm. he was given the warning. You know, production went beyond her request and took extra measures. But she, from what we saw, felt reassured that it was a game and that she was able to leave the game knowing it was a game and that the real life stuff is real life stuff and she was seen as a game player and that's why she was voted out of the game. Mm-hmm. I don't think that her getting voted out of the game was because of her claims. I don't think right. it was anything to do with anything like that. So I don't feel like the vote should ever be um, received to feel like people were discrediting her and that's why they wanted to get rid oh, of her. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. No, purely yeah. because she was an amazing game player. Yeah. And we have talked about that so much <laughs> in the last couple of episodes. You know that Kelly was like my favorite player coming up to this point. Oh, and she was Janet killing has, it. Janet has also been an amazing player for me. And this is where, in my opinion, the ugly episode begins. Yeah, it was the beginning of this next hour right but i think sorry i think it is worth mentioning from the uh, from the first episode we have that moment between jamal and nora jamal being like i want to take out dan jamal goes to janet janet goes to elizabeth we have a very questionable uh confessional from elizabeth saying i know for a fact that janet is lying to my face and we as an audience know for a fact that, that she's Janet not wasn't lying to her face. Oh, that was so hard to watch. So then we can sit there in Elizabeth's shoes and say, these people are amplifying it, not me. Mm-hmm. I'm just feeding into it. Oh, you know? that is something I haven't thought about. I haven't thought about how Elizabeth has this whole perception that yep. this actually isn't a real issue. She thought Janet was lying to her. Correct. She Ooh, thought my gosh. Janet was the one that was blowing this situation up to reel the girls in to make them feel like it was a bigger issue. Like, at this point, people are only amplifying it because they think somebody else did it before them. <laughs> Do you know Ooh, what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, but if we had have mentioned this to Dan, I, and honestly, I don't think it's not for Kelly to mention because she's already mentioned it, mm-hmm. you know? Like, she's already done this. It's not her responsibility to remind him. It's his responsibility to not do that. But if the other girls are feeling uncomfortable and they're telling him to his face that they're not uncomfortable, uh, there is a line because, like, you shouldn't be made to feel like you have to call people out constantly on their thing. But you can't... Oh, how do, you can't paint someone as being disrespectful when you're giving them the idea that they're being respectful. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, like Kelly told him straight up um, at the very beginning that she was uncomfortable and, you know, no one else did. Um, So, yeah. So to remove, to remove Kelly's situation from this, like to remove the, for lack of a better term, the the real situation that was conducted in these episodes versus the the relationships with people like Elizabeth, 
Missy, uh, Lauren, people who have an opinion about the way he's treating them, but don't bring it to his attention um, in, for, in, in a way that is like, yeah, maybe you could stop doing that because they're almost giving him permission when they say, I don't want to say permission, they're giving him the understanding that the touch is welcomed in the form of a back rub, in the form of this, when he, for what we see as an audience, keeps on asking, is this okay? Is this okay? Is this okay? <laughs> and this is where the line is blurred again because we've already heard people say you can't bring it up because it's going to cause a thing and you don't want that in a game. In real life, you can do that because it's conducting yourself in a real-life matter. So, again, it is that kind of complicated narrative of how do I conduct myself in this situation as a human being versus as a game player? And I think the girls saw that they didn't want to cause a, a rift, so they kept quiet, but that also amplifies real-world uh, situations that are going to cause other things as well. The reality of the situation, if it, Dan wasn't as touchy-feely, none of this would happen. But they also say that, you know, if Tommy touches them on the shoulder and stuff like that, they don't think anything of it. So I think it is, in the scheme of things, something that has been addressed, somebody who has been addressed, somebody who hasn't necessarily taken the measures that needs to be taken, and then how it is being um, culminated into this tribal council that we see at this end of the second episode, which was big. <laughs> um, I will say, like, as you were talking, I was thinking about how those big mistakes you see people make on day one of Survivor, when the person is being so bossy about making the tribe uh, camp, and no one is saying anything because they're sitting back and they're thinking, yeah, keep on being bossy. Keep on telling people what to do. We're going to vote you out first. Easy first vote. I wonder mm -hmm. if that plays into it of like, yeah, keep on making people uncomfortable, Dan. Keep on, you know, not heeding to the warnings because we get to vote you out. Easy vote. You know what I mean? Like maybe Lyra Honestly. was thinking this is, this is good for us. Lyra's okay with it. And like I said, they probably fed into it more than um, than was called for in order to like ensure that this would happen. And then it twists around and they get Kelly out. Yep. And I think that's really what it is. People are 99% gameplay, 1% real world. And unfortunately, Janet decided to go real world and people gameplayed her and In she and we saw oh my goodness we saw her go through it we saw the oh my gosh did you just feel it from janet she tried yet she oh, did the real world thing she was trying to pr protect them she was she loved her girls and we saw her get played and we saw the aftermath of her getting played mm -hmm. and we saw leading up to the next vote out we see Janet find an idol and I was so ecstatic when she found that idol. Yeah. I was like, this is what she wants. Like if Elizabeth had found an idol, 
I would have been like, golf clap. Yay, good yeah. for you. But when Janet buys the idol, I am like fist pumping, jumping around, so excited. And she said and that she's like, she's putting one foot after another. She's just going to keep on going and she won't give yeah. up. The reason she found it is because she was still playing. You know, yep. she found herself sleeping away from the camp because mm -hmm. she needed to process everything that had yep. gone on the night before. She sees Missy and Aaron walk off with a shovel and <laughs> she's like, okay, we're clearly, and she's like, so I followed them. And I was like, well I love it. Done. I love well it. Done. And she lost them and in the process ended up finding her an idol. So and here's my question. When's the last time that we've seen the older lady archetype find an idol? Sandra. In Heroes versus Villains, which mm -hmm. she might have still been in her late 30s? Or was she in her 40s by Heroes vs. Villains? I mean, it was, it was 10 years ago. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe like 40. So, like, she might have been 40 or... I don't, I'd, say late, I'd say late 30s. So, like, still, like, not the Jan definitely not Janet level. <laughs> yeah. But seriously, um, it's like, did... Um, we didn't see like Tina Wesson in like Blood versus Water or anything like that. I'm trying to figure out if we've had that that older woman. Um, yeah, I don't know. I couldn't tell you. I really had yeah, no one is coming to mind. Like I think of Chrissy Hoffbeck, but she had a fake idol that she was carrying around, saying mm -hmm. telling people it was an idol. Uh, love Chrissy. So, anyways, I was just so happy to see that happen. I loved seeing her choke up. Like it just made it feel like. This was her saving grace right now. Right, because here's the thing, like coming back from a tribal council like that where you've put your heart and soul into it and to watch everybody like fist bump and do this kind of stuff. Like even, even just watching um, Kelly go to get her torch snuffed and we have mm -hmm. that clip back to Dan going, yeah, you put that torch in the ground. Ooh, like, I heated it. it. Right, here's the thing. I watched it a second time and I went, well, wouldn't you say the same thing to somebody who just tried to vote you out? <laughs> yeah, that is true. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. context changes everything. But it's like, there is that kind of situation where... I don't, think, I don't think I would do that, though. I would do it in my head. I definitely would do it in my head. I would not say it out loud. <laughs> right. I mean, yeah. Okay, so the same morning that we see janet find her idol we see jamal grab a note hanging from a tree he jumps karishma on a... wanted <laughs> karishma is i you know once again i'm just talking about the character of karishma but the character that we've been seeing on survivor is karishma the victim she was like i was i saw it and i was going to grab it but then he did that would totally be me it really <laughs> would i would be like so i saw or it I, like I'm the ream and the yeah, key yeah. of finding that stuff I was the one who saw it <laughs> mm -hmm. but um, you know what I I was just gonna say I'd probably be like all right go for it I don't want to I, I know who's got it I know who went I know like I know about it and I didn't have to experience it firsthand I just know it's power for me if you see the note that says get on the boat like of course you're gonna get on the boat I'm getting on the boat is that what it said is that what the writing said on it yeah, it said, um, I don't exactly remember, but it says, if you want, you can jump on this boat and see what happens. But is that what it said when it was hanging there? Like, um, no, there no, was something that you could read. Yeah, it said, um, oh, I can't remember. Oh, it says, you found me, I'm yours. 
So he opens it. It doesn't mean he has to jump on the boat. He still had the option whether or not to jump on the boat. Oh, really? Yeah. Um, my takeaway was he grabs it. He's going on the boat. Like he had no choice in going to Island of Idols. No, I think that he had the choice because um, they said like, they said at the Island of Idols, when Sandra says, read it loud and read it proud, his, like, his lesson was, if it seems too good to be true, it probably is. So, See, my whole thing was, I thought the lesson was, you see a note hanging, you don't grab it, which is why I was like, well, that's stupid, because if you see a note, oh, yeah. <laughs> you're going to grab it. You're going to grab it. No, I think, he, yeah, he had the option of like, um, of going or not. And, but it was so worth it for me because you guys know I love Jamal. I'm Jamal proud, Jamal strong. And his reaction to Sandra and Rob is what I've been waiting for this whole season. No one has lived up to my like need for the reaction except Jamal. Nora didn't live up to your reaction? Oh dear. Okay. So <laughs> Jamal says, you, what have you guys been doing? Have you guys been here for years? And he was freaking out. He hugs Sandra and says, the queen stays queen. Oh, Jamal, you are everything. Thank you, Jamal, for everything. I will it's say awesome. I have a very bipolar feeling uh -huh. towards Jamal. I love him one episode. I hate I, him the next episode. Yeah. Love him, hate him, love him. And I will say that this episode was a love uh, for Jamal. Yes. We end on a high note. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, exactly. Ending the experience of love oh. Jamal. As a tear rolls down my face as I think about the vote out. Okay, but Dion, I wanted to ask you, what do you think about this, like, in my opinion, ridiculous sabotage advantage where he has a piece of paper and he can do whatever he wants? The sacred pencil of Survivor. What are your thoughts? Well, well, let me just, when you talked about him and the single tear and being upset, it just dawned on me that he was the only person who's gone to Island of Idols and got voted out in the same episode. Well, Vince did as well. In the same episode? Yeah, didn't he? <laughs> or was the following episode? I think it was right. The I thought it was like the next episode. Like, but this was this was him having the chance to possibly save himself, but not really having the chance to save himself. Like, it just now it's getting a... now it's that in my opinion now it's getting silly because like. But what happened was Rob did make me feel good about myself when he said that there's this whole idea about temptations. And I was like, uh -huh. ha ha, you, you know, you my, weird, you my, my weird mentality of trying to explain why last episode, well, I should say last week, there wasn't this reward for denying the thing. It's like that whole yeah. thing. He, he said you shouldn't need all of these things to win this game. You should have it which I'm pretty sure I actually said. Um, but it was like, and then, then hearing it from somebody else, I was like, well, that's shit. <laughs> it was like, what, okay. What would you do with that piece of paper? Um, fresh okay, from the group I, chat, Evan said he would burn it. Just burn it, burn it, burn it. What would you do? That's, that's very, very interesting. I, I think, huh, I think it was terrible. You're given a pen and you're expected to write something on a piece of paper and have people to believe it. No, it's just not going to work. There's no there's, way. There's no way. no way. I and think the like, legacy advantage is like somewhat of a good idea. Like just saying like I had to make my own legacy advantage. Sure. Yeah. But it, the follow through sucked. It was awful. Don't get people on the beach. Tell them you won something and then you're going to give this thing to Dean in front of everyone. Like I thought it was just 
poorly constructed. When he was saying it and they questioned him, so they're like, oh, so you saw something and you had to write it down. I was like, oh, well, that's like, all right, you had three options. It can be this one, it can be this one, or it can be this one. Mm -hmm. You write down which one you want it to be. Like, that's a better idea um, than it just being, oh, you have to write down the one thing that every episode in the past, we've just handed it to you. Like, why do we, why do you have to write it down this time? Like, that doesn't You know what? Still a better follow through than Nora, though. Oh, I mean, (laughs) was it? I would, I would beg to differ. Oh, no, nothing will top how I mean, awful Nora's was. Well, that's how terrible I thought this was. But I just, oh. I, I honestly looked at it and I went, there is no way this can work. Like Nora's thing had the potential of working. This had no footing. So whether it was better or worse than Nora's attempt, there was no, not going to be an outcome where they believed it. Yeah. You could, you could kind of maybe draw a map and you can say, I had to follow this track back. I didn't know where I was. And I tried to, like, do this thing. So <laughs> I get to give this to somebody so next time they go to the island, they can follow this track and blah, blah, blah. Like, do you know what I mean? And oh, that's to, a really like, cool idea. I like that. Like a map. Like he has yeah, to draw so, a map and he pretends like that's all he got. And Yeah. He's like, I was on the island of idols. I was shown where there's going to be an immunity idol next time. I had to like draw a map for how to get back from that location so that the next person who goes to island of idols has the chance to start at the point that I ended, go into the forest, whatever, find an Like, it's not actually going to happen, but it means that he builds a bond with somebody who's like, I got this. This can benefit you. I Let's really, really like that. That, would, that is so much better than Jamal's could have done it did i mean i definitely just like made that up on the spot but part of me is like i love making things up on the spot because that's usually when my my best ideas i need to see you play survivor dion that's what i need to do i need you on my tv screen i need to see me play survivor Uh, okay let's jump to the immunity challenge where it is hanging over water i called when i saw this i was like the kim spradlin challenge because i remember kim spradlin winning this and Uh she is a boss and it, this is like one of those real, pretty fun um, endurance challenges, especially when we see Lauren freaking out two seconds into it. She I had love her no so chance. <laughs> I, that shocked me. I was kind of like, girl. Oh, I know. Get it together. Like she, it's like that <laughs> scene from The Office. Um, the, actually, the the survivor based survivor episode? episode where they have where they're doing challenges on the beach and, <laughs> and Kelly is blindfolded blindfolded and Kelly says, "I feel like there's a rock in front of me," and they're like, "No, there's not." She goes, "I just I feel like there's a rock in front of me," and she gives up because she thinks there's a rock in front of her. I might have that quote wrong, but that's like Lauren freaking out, like she was like, "It's rolling, I can feel it rolling," and it's like. And then no, there's Jamal not, being like, Lauren. nope, that's your arms going numb. Calm down. <laughs> yeah. And then also, I just really wanted to, like, note the Pirates of the Caribbean music that was going through this challenge. If you guys want to go back and listen, it just feels like I'm watching Pirates of the Caribbean. And I loved every second of it. So funny. So what we saw in this challenge was not only do they play for immunity, like, there's two immunities. There's one for the man mm-hmm. and one for the woman who lasts the longest in this challenge. Which is interesting. We haven't seen that in a few seasons, to my right. understanding. Um, and I think it's worth noting that last episode, sorry, while I think about 
this reference of not seeing it in a few seasons. We did say that we haven't seen a jury of 14 people, like starting at 14 people in a long time. Uh-huh. Last season, we did see a jury made up of everything. Oh, a jurisdiction. <laughs> <laughs> Except for yeah. two people. So we should probably note that we, we dropped the ball on that one. We dropped but, the buff on that one. Yes, we did. We dropped the buff. Ah, just to put it out there, this whole episode was my drop your buff moment. That was, was literally my thought too. Yeah, I was like, I can't pick one moment from this. Like, it's just, it's the whole episode. And the impact it's had on the real world. I will say that. I've just been in a perpetual state of drop your buff for the past 24 hours. I just look at it on the floor. It's just on the floor. (laughs) Literally. Okay, so, yeah, that was, yeah, that was pretty cool seeing a man and a woman win. We had Missy win the girl one. And Aaron win the boy one again. Great job, Aaron. Just painting that target on yourself. Right. And it's also worth mentioning that these were three of the four people that were at the end of the first immunity challenge we saw. We saw Elizabeth last longer than Missy in the first immunity challenge. And in Mm -hmm. this challenge, we saw Missy last longer than Elizabeth. So I don't think we can really say that one is stronger than the other. They're both extremely strong. They're possibly the two strongest people in the game. Obviously, Aaron is winning, you know, individual immunity after individual immunity but does he have the social game that these girls have does so, he does he and, and exactly <laughs> so i would i would argue that these two girls are possibly two of the strongest people in this whole game and something needs to be done about that i think something will get done probably eventually and my girl lauren will just snake her way through okay dion we have been talking for probably like an hour and a half now i cannot believe it all we have left to talk about is the last tribal. I do want to give it enough time to like talk about the tribal, but we do, right. you know, Survivor is amazing, but we do have to go on with our lives eventually. Right. <laughs> I mean, eventually. Yeah. Um, I feel like at this point, Survivor is my life to some level. I, mean, it's been I just talk like about it. 24 hours. I've just been talking and thinking about it nonstop. So <laughs> you and me both. And I just got to Australia and I just been talking about Survivor the whole time. <laughs> But I will say that this tribal council kind of brings everything from the first two episodes to the, the fourth. First two hours, yeah. Like all the pieces come together for this uh, final tribal council. I mean, I think the major people we should probably talk about about this final tribal. I mean, this final tribal about this tribal council is yeah. Janet, mm-hmm. Jamal. Mm-hmm. Aaron, mm-hmm. Dan, and Jeffrey, mm-hmm. Jeffrey Probst. Jeffrey Probst, absolutely. I agree. Um, we come into it with Janet definitely feeling on the outs. You know, having this whole takeaway that she tried to do something good mm-hmm. with, you know, um, what information she had to to be this mother figure. to protect And she says, people. she says it was totally my mistake. She she says she got played and she says she's like choking up, right? At this point, she mm-hmm. might be choking up and she she's saying sorry for perpetuating. And I think it. it's I also think it's worth mentioning that the second tribal council, every single person sitting next to Dan claims that they have no problem with Dan. Really? I didn't even notice that. Not not in the tribal council itself. Oh, oh, okay. But they're all talking about 
in confessionals, I'm fine with Dan, but so-and-so thinks. The other person, I'm fine with Dan, but so-and-so thinks. So it really is this toxicity around this, you know, rumor mill, if you will, because Janet, who is the person that was willing to make a move on behalf of other people, doesn't even have a problem with Dan. I know. Yeah. And um, in this episode, so we have a big discussion about all these things and about what happened and how people are feeling. And um, Jeff, Jeffrey Probst kind of gives like a whole recap of the discussion. Like in the midst of tribal, Jeff gives a summary and Mm -hmm. um, my friend Barrett says this tribal and this episode needed a Jeff recap. Yeah. And Mm-hmm. Then we see Dan upset that this is not getting let go. And Jeff right. snaps back at him and says, I'm not going to let this go. Like Jeff is allowed to, to harp on to something as long as he wants, you know, mm-hmm. Dan. Yeah. You could be but annoyed. Not, not only that. He, yeah. He held his hand to his chest, looked Dan dead in the eyes and said, I will never let this go. Ooh. It was so pointed and poignant that it was like, yeah. you need to understand the, the weight of this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We know that Jeff has been in some very serious tribal councils mm-hmm. with real-world ramifications. Yes, he this has. This is not Jeff's first rodeo. Yes, it is not. He understands not only the reputation that the show has, which I'm sure a lot of audience members think is his priority, Mm-hmm. But he has to also understand that every single person sitting in this room needs to understand what they're going home to, what the real world is going to see. Mm-hmm. You know, he's done this for years. He understands what's going to go back. It's, it's harder to see it from an audience's perspective and then go and do it and then come back and go, oh, I'm going to get messages from people that have no idea who I am and have no <laughs> understanding of my life. You know, yeah. you hear about it all the time from contestants from like Drag Race, which is a show about, you know, men uh, competing in a drag competition and people reach out to them with things like death threats. And it's like, what? It's like you want to go out there and, and, and show who you are, your creativity and all that kind of stuff. These people aren't even voting each other out. So you are know? you saying are you saying that Jeff was really harping on this because Jeff knows what they're going back to and Jeff wants this to be handled. Is that what you're saying? I think that Jeff and production understand that they have a responsibility to the people that they cast. Mm -hmm. And whether people think that that was handled as well as it could have been, that's everybody's own opinion. My whole thing is that production can't, they can't side with one contestant. They have a responsibility to all 13 people that were sitting at that tribal council, the two people sitting in the jury, the people that have already left the game, they have to protect everybody in question, which means they need to air it out in a public open platform. You know, it's, it's all well and good to have a meeting with your contestants, but this is the opportunity where people get to have their say. It's Mm -hmm. a tribal council. The whole phrase is to have a council where everybody gets to weigh in. That's the premise of what a tribal council is. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So like thinking of like, you know, what's going down and protecting people and all that you're saying, I believe that Jamal had a beautiful response 
to someone's not so beautiful response. Uh, um, I, it's definitely worth noting what that not beautiful response. Yes. Was. Do you want to share like what you like what you recall of what Aaron said that was sure. not the I, I, best? It wasn't the best. Absolutely. I do believe that Aaron, in an attempt to support the women that Janet was referring to in the form of, I'm assuming, Missy, Elizabeth, and even uh, Lauren, because she does, she does include Lauren in that grouping of girls, of saying that these are the girls they came to me, expressed how uncomfortable I, they I, were. I like, really don't even remember. This was hour two. Of mm-hmm. the, you know, I didn't, I didn't watch it again. I literally right. do not even remember who she was talking about. <laughs> right. Well, even when Janet sits down with Dan the first time after Tribal Council, she brings up those three women and says they came to me crying, and you know, completely this and that way. So yeah. So, so Aaron is trying to like defend the these girls and defend himself, and he right. says like. In the attempt of supporting them, he said, if this was actually going on, to, not verbatim, he said, in the degree, if this was actually going on, I would have heard about it, Tommy would have heard about it. And to the audience, that comes across as, well, the people who would have needed to know, would have known in the form of the larger, stronger male figures in this camp. And Jamal comes with a beautiful response in his beautiful voice. um, he said something along the lines of like we have a responsibility to hear women believe women when they're ready to tell the story and he's saying like this is exactly what we're seeing in the real world right now yes Mm -hmm. and um i just feel like jamal has brought so much good content to survivor and to the world and he is doing and what i appreciate even more about jamal's approach is we've seen a good and a bad edit of Jamal. Mm-hmm. But Jamal is not oblivious to his, his edit in the show. He's not oblivious to the fact that he can be perceived wrong. You saw him say to Jack with Kelly making the fire, did I do something wrong? Oh, you yeah, see that's true. him admit fault. So hearing it from him, it's, it's kind of humbling because you can see that He's talking from experience. You know, he's not blatantly calling people out. He's, he's almost a voice of reason in the form of, no, man, no, that's not how this works. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, there are so many people. And we had the, the conversation earlier in the season of Aaron and Missy feeling like they got along because they were both African-Americans. Jamal is sitting there as well as an African-American man so as one African-American man to another African-American man, like there are other connotations behind this as well because he's already expressed how he can be piled into a grouping. So I feel like he felt the need to kind of say something in that moment to say, no, we don't all agree with what Aaron's saying right now. <laughs> yeah. And I think Aaron needs to understand that what he's saying right now is flawed because mm. Aaron, on the other side of it, isn't being provided with the information that those girls have been provided with, that Janet's been provided with, that has been going through the rumor mill. And it just, it kind of came across so arrogant in the understanding that he would know of something serious going on because that's I just know. His, his uh, Yeah. And so like before we came on and recorded, both Dion and I, 
watched a video that um, Aaron put on Instagram, a three mm -hmm. minute long video apologizing. And it was, it was really good to see. Um, he just apologized for what he said. And he starts crying in the video talking about how he, um, how he felt and what mm -hmm. happened and everything. Um, right. So I, I was think really it's worth, yeah, I think it's worth noting that it, it came across as a sincere apology. He didn't, um, he, he expressed that if people don't accept his apology, that that's okay because everybody's entitled to their opinion, which I think is a, a very um, important thing to mention. Um, I feel like some people, especially on social media, will put out an apology <laughs> expecting yeah. people to just accept it and move on. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he didn't do that. You know, he's not going to sit there and say, well, I apologize on Instagram. What more do you want? <laughs> exactly. You know? And I think yeah. that some other people do have that approach. But he obviously has seen what we've seen now. Mm -hmm. um, people will speak out of context. People will speak without having enough information about exactly. certain situations. Exactly. He felt the need to protect people he was close to. Unfortunately, it was not in the best light. Um, you know, we've also seen a mixed edit of Aaron, you know, talking about his son and what's important to him and how he comes across as a certain person, but he has to do what he needs to do. And I feel like in this moment, he was feeling like he was coming to the, the, the defense of some kind of people. And unfortunately, we see that those people aren't necessarily being portrayed quite highly in this episode. So he does look like he's come to the defense of the wrong people. Um, and even then, some people will say the opposite. He is come to the defense of the right people, but going about it the wrong way. Um, but yeah. You know, so once again, like what we the Aaron we see on TV is not the Aaron in real life. And Homie yeah, was trying. I, I think it's, you know. I I think it's worth noting that the people that we see on TV, none of them are the person we see in real. <laughs> exactly. You know. Um, but Janet is probably every ounce of amazingness in real life that she is on TV. I just like probably. left this episode like Janet, like I'm totally cool with her playing her idol on herself. I think that's the, that was the move to do. Yeah, only I mean, that's what Kelly should have done. Yeah, that's what Kelly, like if you have any inkling, she knew she was on the hot seat. I'm so glad she played it for herself. I do not gripe for anything that she, it was nope. played incorrectly. Right. I am so proud of Janet and like looking ahead i really hope that she can find a footing and that she can make her way through this game mm -hmm. all right so people who are in good spots people who somewhere in the middle people who are in trouble oh gosh i literally haven't even thought about this because this episode was so crazy um i, I will go so as far as to say janet's in trouble <laughs> i know i hope she can find her footing two people are going home next week and in our scenes from in our scenes from next week, um, we get a glimpse of Tommy and Missy are going for each other. Mm -hmm. So I Which mean, I think is what should have move. happened. That's the move. Those are the two um, the two power. I'm going to put it out there. I would I would actually love to see Tommy and Lauren go home. I'm sorry. No. I, no. I have completely flipped my opinion of the two of them because they're not. For me, they're playing a middle ground game that I, I, I just, it doesn't seem, it doesn't seem survivory to me, mm -hmm. you know, like it seems like it's, um, and I in my point of view, I view it as like super survivory. I, is that, is that a, uh, that's like a new word. Super survivory. Survivory. 
Like they're like, they're playing all the angles. And I think that they're definitely painting the target on themselves way too much. Like we saw Tommy this episode right. do a bunch of like, Lauren and I, Lauren and I, Lauren and I want this. And it like, I do agree with you. It's going to come to a head. Who is getting out first, Tommy or Lauren? Tommy or Lauren? Which one? Who's Who are they going to vote out Tommy. first out of the two? Yeah. I think Absolutely. you're right. I think that they, they would take out Tommy first. Yeah, because Missy thinks that she can work with Lauren. But can Missy work with Lauren if Tommy's out of the game? That's what she wants to happen. Right. But is Lauren going to let that happen? Oh, my girl, Lauren. She can she can do whatever she wants. She's got this. Oh Lauren till the end. Lauren till the I end. I honestly, I have such a better vibe from the jury than the people remaining in the game right now. I know. Like for me, honestly, <laughs> the people that I would like to see at the end, uh, Dean, Karishma, Nora, and Janet. Those are the only people I care to see at the end of the game. <laughs> Did you just say Karishma and Nora? Yep. That's how much I dislike everybody else in this game. Oh, they've got a lot of work to do to get us to get back in our good graces, don't they? I mean, it, it's, it's important. It's important. It is. It, this is going to be so fascinating going forward. Yes. I just, I am, I, this, this episode almost broke me, but yep. here we are. We're going to keep this podcast going. We're going to keep having fun talking about Survivor. Mm-hmm. I can't wait to see um, Kelly and Jamal's Ponderosa experience. I think that's going to be really important. I can't wait to see Kelly tell Jamal that she went home with two idols in her pocket. Uh, Oh, it's going to be awful. But let's just just keep in mind that the three people in the jury have all had a very good takeaway from being voted to Ponderosa. They're all wonderful people. Right. And I think we should feel um we should feel comfort in knowing that those three people feel the way they feel mm-hmm. after seeing how the season is transpiring you know the people who are taking away the experience from the game are a reflection of uh how the situation actually took place they experienced it firsthand they were there do you know what i mean so we can have an opinion we can sit there and kind of go the real world ramifications the real world this that blah 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 those are the people that experience it firsthand. They'll have the opinion. They're the ones that I'm listening to. And I want to see how the people getting voted out in the future uh, episodes, how they have their say and who they vote for to win the oh thing. Oh, my God. The thing. The, the thing. title. The money. The $1 million. Okay. Wow. So I hope that we got our thoughts out there for this yeah. podcast. I don't feel like I, you know, have a ton of clarity leaving this, but I'm looking forward to finally diving into what other people have said, um, what different exit interviews. um, Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm looking forward to this discussion continuing and honestly, you know, just talking about the game and how, and what we just talked about this whole episode is where the line is and when you cross the line. Um, thank you, everybody who has made it this far in the podcast. I know that this has been a very long one. Yeah. Um, I hope that you enjoyed yeah, thank it. Thank you for, like, listening to our perspective. That's really important to us. Mm-hmm. And thank because you for um, two people. good messages and not being mad at us. Yeah. <laughs> and any, any feedback is appreciated. You Absolutely. Can give us that feedback Humble on Twitter. Us. On Twitter, is drop oh, your yeah. pod. 
Drop Your Buff Pod is our handle. We also, did you know, Dion, that we had an email address? What? We have a Gmail. This is news to me. Please um, share it with our um, audience members. It is dropyourbuffspodcast at gmail.com. So if you would like to send us an email, you just go for it. Just to clarify, is that drop your buffs with an S at the end? Because yes. I know our Twitter or one of our accounts does not have an S at the end of buff. Yeah, Twitter's drop your buff pod and Gmail's drop your buffs podcast at gmail.com. So, you know. Okay. And then Dion Keeping is Dion Alexander. Hannah is Hannah Jillia. And thank you for chiming in. You're all wonderful. Dion, you're wonderful. You're wonderful. I am wonderfully going to go eat dinner. Yes. <laughs> Hannah, I have something for you. What it is, is it? dinner. Oh, yay. Well, Dion, I've got nothing for you. So no. I hope you have a good rest of your morning in Australia. Yes, it is. What time is it? It is. Oh, it's midday. We've been recording for a long time. Midday in Australia. <laughs> yes, we have. Okay, well, have a great rest of your day. Bye, Thanks. everyone. Bye. Everybody, drop your buffs. Drop your buffs. Everybody, drop your buffs. Drop your buffs. Everybody, drop your buffs. <laughs>